Hello and welcome back to the Now We Know show, the show where we discuss a topic of interest and by the end we will have learned something new and hopefully you will too. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Buzz. In today's episode we will kick off as always with Word of the Week, followed by the Now We Know show flashback. We will then begin with our main segment all about filmmaking on a budget and finally round up with the answer to Word of the Week at the end of the episode. Huzzah! If you enjoy the Now We Know Show podcast, why not support Zach World Productions on our Patreon page? Become an official ZWP patron for as little as £1 a month for exclusive early access to all our latest episodes, videos, behind the scenes, updates and more. So, that brings us on to... Word of the Week. Word of the Week. Word of the Week. Come on, Jack. Word of the Week. 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 Here you go, it. It's only my second time doing the Word of the Week. So, Word of the Week is all about old English words we don't use anymore. All you have to do is write down what you think it means in the comments. We will then reveal what it means at the end of the episode so you can find out if you got it right. Okay. So. What is Word of the Week? So, the Word of the Week this week is fudgel. 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 Spelt F-U-D-G-E-L. Fudgel. Like cudgel, but a fudgel. fudgel. <laughs> I don't know where you would have. Got a nasty fudgel. <laughs> you, you, so. you hit people on the head with a cudgel, and you don't want to know where you stick your fudgel. <laughs> that gives you something to think about during this episode, so we can find out at the end. That's what you get if you eat too much fudge. <laughs> fudgel. So that brings us on to the Now We Know Show flashback. Ooh, one of my favourite segments. I like your little jingle. Little jingle sound there. Okay, so... I want you to cast your minds back okay, I'm to our geocaching episodes. Okay, any which particular one? Or just any of the geocaching okay. episodes. First of all, if you haven't listened to any of the geocaching episodes we've done on the Now We Know Show podcast, go check it out. Right, I'm casting my mind. Have you cast your mind back, Jack? Quite fun, quite fun. Little adventure. But what we've done now is we've actually started to do a series of videos called The Fellowship of the Caches, oh, yes. which combines our love of geocaching and Lord of the Rings. Bizarre. So if you haven't looked at We're that yet... An adventure! Very good. So the first video of The Fellowship of the Caches is available on the Zap Wild Productions YouTube channel. It's called An Adventure in Fangorn Forest. So go check that out if you're interested. Now onto the main segment. Yay! And the main segment is over to Jack. Well, today, I thought it would be a good idea, as we've recently actually shot a short film, uh-huh. uh, we're going to talk about the sort of process of making a micro-budget film. Yes. So, I'm quite passionate about filmmaking, that's something I want to pursue in my career, um, and everyone in this episode, mm-hmm. uh, in this booth, in the, current, booth. In the booth, in the dungeon, <laughs> in the dungeon, in the dungeon booth, has uh, some experience yeah. with... A history with filmmaking. Yes, yeah. we're all very closely associated, associated with filmmaking. I was being fitted a studio only today. Exactly. I was filming last week at a cathedral. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about the process of making a micro-budget film, um, or a low-budget film, but we'll get on to kind of yeah, the titles as well. Because it can be quite a daunting process, especially if you've never made a film before. Where do you start? What tips do we have, having sort of made mm-hmm. previous films? What things do you need to avoid? What things do you need to remember? So I thought I'd yeah, 
discuss open up this. open up the discussion and open up the discussion if anyone's listening that's kind of wanting yeah, to get so into filmmaking anybody who's then... decided hey i've got an idea for a film yes um and let's let's gonna make it how do we go about it that's, yes that's the basic. well i believe like the first step on that process is you've got to want to make something yes and you've got to have a concept to put into action to begin with yes it all starts with an idea yeah ideally um if you don't have an idea then you're kind of stuck flying without wings a little bit and you're kind of just filming anything um so the, the first thing i would say is come up with a solid idea or at least come up with something that you want to tell or a story that you want to tell or if you have something you're passionate about try and incorporate that into the idea so i went to university to study film and tv production yes. and you jack went to college to yes. study what was the course film and media well they studies. are <laughs> um but a thing they stipulated in this beginning part of this process is you've got to come up with a 20 second elevator pitch mm. and you've got to be able to convey that to say you come across high executive movie producer in an elevator for instance you've got to be able to present your idea quickly quickly yeah. and, and efficient, concisely and efficiently yeah a good way they said to start is by associating it to another successful film mm. so like it's jaws but in space or something like that yes yeah get get the familiarity of a existing film so people have that in their mind when they're thinking about whatever film you're about to make um, and go from there. So you don't say, is Jaws 4 in space? Request for peace. No, that's <laughs> Superman. That's <laughs> <laughs> going right the wrong way. Jaws 4? No! <laughs> so in terms of the actual process of making a short film, obviously you've got your idea. Ideally, it can be anything you want, as long as it's kind of an idea that you're that's sort of practical that you can make. If you're setting a film in space or on a different planet obviously it can be difficult yeah we'll on a short in depth in a bit later on i think in that because that gets into set design etc yes yeah so ideally if you want to make something on a very small budget keep your idea practical and, and simple a- achievable yeah probably the better that's word. a good yeah that's a good way of putting it uh, well you say if you have an idea for a film but not everybody who has an idea for a film wants to be the person who shoots the film exactly because they might mm. have no camera knowledge or they might actually themselves have no interest or in equipment yeah. well so you might be somebody who's got i've got this great idea for a film but i need somebody to yeah to I, film it i think we're very lucky in the time that we're in that anyone everyone has a phone with a camera on and a pretty good camera mm. um so in terms of equipment you don't necessarily in this day and age, need the highest tech yeah. equipment to make a short film. You've got uh, a decent camera on your phone. Everyone's usually got a laptop where they can find free editing software or even you can even edit on your phone now with yeah. Sort of yeah. various apps and things. So we're in a time where you have the technology to make a film and also distribute a film. Yeah. I, will, I will concur. There's never been a better time yeah. or an easier time mm. to make a movie. Cheap, a cheaper time as well. Or a cheaper time because... When I was a kid, um, me, myself and my friends, we all, we're 19, think of it, 1977, Star Wars comes out. Mm. And we were like, wow, this is, this is fantastic. Yeah, we really liked it. And I remember, throwing my mind back to then, I remember having a discussion with my friends saying how great it would be to film our own sequel to it. Because at the time, you didn't know yeah. if it was even going to get a sequel. <laughs> you know, it was just a one-off movie. And we were looking at buying a cine camera. Mm. And then we were trying to work out Okay, you're going to get a cine camera, and that's celluloid film, so you've got to film it, yeah. and you get one crack at 
the shot yeah, you take. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the only way you're going to edit it together is to literally physically cut the film That's and that splice it together. Physical yeah. process of editing. And isn't it? our ideas at the time, back in 1977, for our space age kit was spray some water pistols, a different <laughs> colour, and put plastic bin bags on for costumes. Yeah. You know, it was a great discussion from very enthusiastic young Yeah, it's kids, when you your know. imagination kind of lets but, set sail and just you just go with it. The reason I mention that is because at the time you're just saying, okay, what have we got to uh what what, what have we got that we can use to do what we want to make? And that mm. was a cine camera and some very basic editing equipment, a projector, and when you've got a zero budget, yeah. what can you get out of the stuff around you? But nowadays, as you just said, Jack, you know, everybody has got literally a cine camera in their pocket mm. and editing equipment, which is, you know, just beyond imagination yeah. for, for back in 1977, mm. that you can get off the internet for free. And of course, desktop computers, laptops, etc. you can use for that editing. Even it's it's uh, it's amazing how accessible it is yeah. compared to that rudimentary even even uh, you say with your you'd need a projector to project your film if you're lucky you get a bunch of people to see it but nowadays with the internet youtube video YouTube, daily definitely. motion anything like this you can stick your f- film up on it and within hours a thousand people could yeah, have seen if, your if, film if, if you could imagine if, if we had been able to make our very ropey mm. um star wars follow-up short film in our bin bags nobody would have seen that up until all these years later, I could now I could yeah. put it onto YouTube tomorrow. Obviously, we never made it, but I could do, and I bet you it would get. Yeah. Let's we will see these kids in 1977 running around. <laughs> now, I suppose now you're kind of like you've got an inexhaustible amount of all these different bits of software distribution and everything. Mm. Could that be conceived as being a particularly daunting yeah, I was prospect gonna, if was, you're not technically minded? That was the next thing I was going to say because there are a lot of people that might have an idea but then they are put off because it sounds for for, for us it sounds a more easy thing to do yeah but other people it's like oh <laughs> you want me to go on a computer you want me to learn some because just the editing like, software you got to, that's a learning curve in its own yeah it's like, each one's different it's like asking someone to write sheet music isn't it it's yeah. like if you've never written music before then how do you compose a song it's the same thing with filmmaking if you've never made a film before it's like it can be quite a daunting process especially as you say when you see all the things that go into making a film the amount of people it takes as well mm-hmm. um you're, you're probably thinking like, how do i get this amount of people to help me make a film well i think that's when you've got to really cut your you, you've got to look at it really from you said you mentioned about a micro budget movie or a low budget movie a lot of people will associate the term low budget movie with a movie being of poor quality which is a shame that they do that because low budget is just that means it's only got an X amount of budget to spend mm. on. It doesn't mean that the movie's poor because it's a low-budget movie. So what are we talking about? Uh, uh, basically, a basic micro-budget movie is anything that you would spend from zero to £10,000 on. Yeah. And a low-budget movie, up to uh, no more than about £300,000. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a low-budget. <laughs> After that, then you're in full... Industrial level. Industrial yeah. movie-making. So we've got to pulling the reins a bit and say, okay, we're going micro budget here. That's what we're discussing. So, you know, even £10,000 is a a lot of money. Mm. If utilised effectively, it can go a long way. But you you can, depending on the subject material, 
bring a micro-budget movie together for literally next to nothing. If you can big borrow and steal uh, the equipment from people, people's you know, um, good intentions to help you out, both from the acting perspective to the filming perspective and the sound and the editing and everything else. Every aspect. Every aspect. If you can pull that together, you don't, you know, it, it's a daunting task if you're going to do it all by yourself. Definitely. Yeah, almost impossible, I would say. If you're going literally on your own, it's going to be very, very difficult to make anything unless it's very well planned out. However, I will say, being worked in the film industry for many, many years, you do get an issue with people wanting to make movies and then they'll approach actors to say, oh, you know, I've got an opportunity if you want to help out on this movie. It'll be it'll be great coverage for you, you know. Get great for your showreels. Showreel. Mm. And they'll sell it like that. Actors have to pay their bills. You know, they yeah. don't want to be working for free. It is their job. Exactly. It's their job. And so what I want to start off saying is don't, you know, we're not talking about taking the mickey and trying to get people to work for free. Yeah, don't extort people. You might be able to afford a little fee. Otherwise, there are plenty of budding actors out there and dram actors, people that are enthusiastic maybe because they're a a fan of a genre, that are more than happy to throw their hat in and and give it a go for absolutely nothing, just Mm. because they have the sheer enjoyment of being involved with the movie process. Now, would you say that when it comes to that, the actors would probably be more inclined to kind of seek you out as opposed to the other way around. Does that does that kind of translate? It depends what it depends on your reputation, how sort of well known you are as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. So I was, you, you've you've got to assemble your crew, but if you're going to do it on a micro budget, you as an individual with your idea is probably going to end up having to be both the 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 producer and the director and do a lot. Yeah, of those kind of like industry roles kind of merge into kind of like. I don't know, the way you have it in your mind. I mean, yeah, if you looked at a credit reel at the end of any film, you have a, a dizzying array of names yeah. for jobs within just producing one Yeah, those film. kind of jobs on a micro-budget film level yeah. kind of merge and almost overlap. You, yeah. you need to take on multiple yeah, so roles I, I, if you want to. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're basically, every film's got a producer, and the producer is it's the one that makes the movie happen. Mm-hmm. And that's they're the you, organizer. Yeah, they, they're organizing things, and they're also all you know, sorting out the finance for it. Your director, that's the one with the creative input that wants to shape shape the movie. The and, director can change as well midway through. A, yeah, like, or you can the, have more than one director. Yeah, exactly. You know. it's, it's an interchangeable thing. Um, <laughs> you've got your camera crew, obviously. So yep. you've got somebody who is operating the camera. Uh, you might have a sound operator separate from that, or you might have one. We're talking micro budget, so you might have one person doing just one job. Or hopefully, you've got industry one. level. You have entire departments exactly. dedicated entire to departments. each. Uh, you've obviously got your set, which you've got to find. I mean, doing a micro budget one, a lot of the time they say if you're going to film, film just in one location. Yeah, yeah. Film in one location and things like use natural light because at the expense of going through a studio lighting and things. Lighting is a whole new thing. Like, people study lighting in film. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, if, if you can use natural light, then do. But mm-hmm. I would encourage people to experiment with light because it can be a useful tool. But well, I find that to one of the difficult. most useful little things that uh, you can pick up, even if you're just using natural light, is a reflector board. Mm. You, know, you can get these pop-up reflector boards, yeah, and uh, which can reflect light or um, shadow it if it's if something's too bright. Very cheap, even if you've got no additional lighting. Something yeah. like that is a very handy. Can be used effectively. Yeah, because if you've if you've got two actors 
and they're holding a conversation, you might need to get some extra light to light up one side mm -hmm. of their face or something. Yeah. So where you can look at those aspects. So you've got the lighting, you've got the set, as I say, you've got costumes as well, mm. hair and makeup. Also, don't forget catering, because even if people are helping you off the, you know, the, the, yeah, they're doing it for uh, the goodness of their heart, helping you because they're enthusiastic about producing this film that you're doing, make sure you at least supply them with hot drinks, cold drinks and nibbles. Yeah, li mm. limited facilities at yeah, least. If you've got a limited budget, you can at least try your best to keep people happy. Yeah. We should really add as an asterisk as well, we're, we're talking very much about live action films. Mm -hmm. Where a lot of my love for film or filmmaking came from was stop motion animation. I did a yep. lot when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I would just back in the day. I would just find yeah. Doctor Who figures mostly because mm -hmm. they were the most sort of realistic I could find, and I would just take still images or take a video and then take still in images from there and just make my own little stories. They'd never be seen by anyone. They would just go on a disc and I'd show my parents and that was it. Like they'd never go anywhere, but that's something you can do on your own if you're happy to do or yeah. if you have a knowledge of doing. Stop motion, I'd say that's an option where you don't necessarily need anyone else really other than just your photos and possibly... Uh, I also some believe there is software kit. around there that you can do animation as well. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. probably find stop Widely motion available. apps on your so. phone now, which I would have loved as a kid, but I had to use a DSLR and also I'd go through all sorts of processes to get yeah. my films out. But um, Some very experimental and I, we improvisational, just, yeah. And you can download, you know, high-tech animation software now where you can make animation shorts on your own i should just caveat that we that we should mention animation because it is a, a big part of filmmaking and yeah we i don't necessarily have too much experience with it but i'm, I'm sure someone's probably thinking we should talk about animation well, oh there you are <laughs> animation as a genre of film definitely but you also kind of had animation spills over into the live action if you're going to put you know, special effects on it. You know, if you have video effects, VFX, you know, because you might have to an yeah. animate some of the I mean, a crazy example of that now would probably be Avatar. Because that's kind of mostly the CGI, but it's kind of that motion capture element. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you've only got limited live action in there. I would say if you're looking to make a micro budget film, don't aim, yeah. Don't yeah, aim don't, for Avatar. Don't ever jump for micro budget. <laughs> that is true. That is it's true. One of the biggest it's very true. Productions on the planet. Let's <laughs> just rain it back a little bit. <laughs> okay. We're going to have all our listeners go straight uh, out there and making their whole own you know, Avatar movie. Should we um, talk a little bit about video nasties just briefly? Because they're, they're the sort of films I look at mm. as successful low-budget films, or at least okay. a genre of low-budget no, films. That that. Video Nasties became... was a term <clears throat> that came out uh, early 80s, uh, from what I remember, because we used to... we got Anybody off the top of your head remember when Evil Dead came out? 1981. Okay, so I believe films it. like... Um, I, I think Bad Taste might be another one, but so yeah, things like... The Deadly Evil, Spawn. The Deadly Spawn. Shogun was. Assassin. In fact, Deadly Spawn was the first video nasty that I took home to show my parents. It was like, oh, I brought a home, uh, video home. I mean, even but, like <laughs> Texas Chainsaw to a certain yeah, extent. Oh, yeah, Chainsaw definitely. Mass yeah. Massacre, yeah. So they were video nasties, but it was... It was a, a term that that's when that came out because suddenly, it's, it's, again, it's funny because you, you've already mentioned now you can just punch YouTube up and you can watch all these videos. But back then, prior to that, you went to the cinema to watch a movie and you usually had to wait around four years before a mainstream movie would then get bought by a television company to show as their special movies at Christmas, mm. yeah, and then eventually they'd sort of water down. You might see it every so often through the year, but 
to see a movie, you needed to go to the cinema. Of course, when video comes along, suddenly that's when you get access to people making their own movies and then they can, they can bypass the cinema, put them straight out on a video cassette that anybody can get. And of course, when they started to be distributed through video stores, it wasn't long before people, censorship people, just mums and dads had suddenly see something that yeah. the kids brought home and go, my what God, the hell? what is this? And then the term Video Nasty came out and that's what banned a lot of them. Yeah, I there. think there is actually a definitive list of Video Nasties. I think there's but, about 80 of them. But to say that, I don't think anything is a Video Nasty these days. No, no. Well, there, really is, that, no. there is nothing that... that it, it, you know, that happened then, but you don't have films being banned now. I, the reason I bring it up is because whenever I think of in brackets or in quotations low budget film I always mm. think of Evil Dead because it is something that's kind of inspired me in my filmmaking nowadays yep. and it's because it is known for being a film that used uh, mm. that had a low budget and utilised physical uh, yeah, practical effects physical and, effects and animation yeah and obviously Sam Raimi just used all of his mates uh, stop as well stop motion shows they stop motion now yeah. because the, they had a lot of kind of I'm sure some of the uh, creature effects in that were like plasticine that were yeah yeah yeah, yeah. kind I mean, of dissolving into the ground it's a good example of what we're talking about because Sam Raimi just used all of his mates who weren't necessarily actors or actresses mm -hmm. and he just used them in his film and just said this is what you need to do he even put I think like really thick contact lenses in one of the actress's eyes at one point and it gave her like probably damaged her retinas or something. <laughs> no, it's like, he obviously wasn't qualified to do it, but he just did it because it was... Yeah, we're not advising anybody goes oh, Didn't they use a real gun to shoot through a window at one point? I think they did. Well, that wouldn't be... Not, let's be honest. It's America, and that wouldn't have been a... Yeah, they didn't have uh, access to a fake one, so they used a real... Yeah, it, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a, a fuss. You would have just said, okay, guys, stand back, pop. And they, even, uh, even now that film has such a big following and oh yeah and definitely. It, it's well just think of where it ran to you know it had its sequels and it's had its tv series yeah. and it's just become synonymous now with yeah and so, they, in fact they've just brought a new one out they? the evil dead uh, the new one's coming out soon soon yeah. soon yeah, so yeah um so let's rein it back a little bit okay. talk about the pre-production of a short film and where you're up to with the process of making film so you've got your idea yep got your idea i would suggest at this point either if you have dialogue write a script uh, you don't necessarily have to write the whole thing. You can write bits at a time. If you mm -hmm. if you come up with an idea for a scene, just write the scene. You don't necessarily need. Yeah, if if you have the idea, write it down. It can always be adjusted. I'd actually, yeah. I'd I'd recommend that actually because sometimes I have an idea and I start at the beginning and then by the time I've got to the bit I had the idea for, I've kind of messed it or I've lost it. Right. So um, I would suggest that if you're not a writer, I would say possibly sketch if you want to do storyboards sketch your idea out mm -hmm. um, storyboards are an interesting thing because uh, that puts a lot of people off because not everybody's an artist you don't, well, need, to, you don't need to you don't need to be an artist i know but even doing uh, there are certain things that uh, if you, you can just google it on the internet but there's certain certain things which you can use in different colored lines like a blue line to a small square in a in a in, in one of your storyboard squares will indicate the camera moving in mm. on a subject or moving out on a subject. There's certain things like that. And yeah, you can draw stick men. But it's still, people get a little, can be a little bit put off that they've got to do all these, the drawings. And I was just going to say there is a, there is another way you can do it. If you've got, don't have to be the actors, but if you, you can use yourself and, and, and friends that you know, but you can actually storyboard using photos. Yeah, if you don't want to do the artwork, you can actually just literally do it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting them well, to, that's, yeah, with the technology we have now. Yeah. Yeah. So, Obviously, you could throw that in there because storyboards can seem a bit daunting to some people.
But if you want to do the storyboard, you can do it photo-wise. Mm. Yeah. And alternatively to that, you can also just do a basic shot list and literally just write the things you want to do. Oh, yeah, you can do it. I think effective. people like kind of a visual, uh, something visual to look at. I think, at. yeah, especially when you're talking to somebody else or presenting this idea to I think it, it all depends. You can do all of them as well. It's not necessarily you need to do one of them. You mm. can storyboard and then go out and take photos. Yeah, it's all you recommendations. Can write your short list, uh, your shot list, sorry, mm. and then go out and take photos mm. or sketch, whatever you want to do, really. Um, as long as you've kind of got the basic outline yep. in your head when you go to film the more planning the better mm -hmm. um prior prior planning prevents piss poor performance well, <laughs> that, that's where you go the next stage would be blocking the scenes wouldn't it so yes. you've got your storyboard and then you might take each individual scene and then act that scene out yes in order to see how it works and, and see what camera angles work best for that and again you don't do it with the actors if mm. stand-ins one that you can go and look at if you go uh, look at the lord of the rings um and then you look at behind the scenes with peter jackson you'll just see him yeah and some of the other crew members going through all the scenes mm. you know, and it's just it's great it's yeah. great to watch you literally make the whole movie isn't yeah. blocking through it it's known as a previs or yeah. pre-visualization yeah. you could just make the film on a just with nothing. With nothing. And don't worry about the exact uh, set or, mm. or costumes or anything. You're literally looking at it for how the, how you're shooting it. Yeah, it's, it's something you can utilise to show the people you're working with to kind of help yeah. them understand your vision. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've had this before on set where we've taken off and shown a monitor where they've done like a, a little bit like that, and I said, "Well, yeah. this, this is what we mm, we're yeah. trying to achieve in this scene." Yeah, and you go, "Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah, I can understand what you're coming from now." Yeah, and then you can go back and you can then perform that scene, understanding that what you're doing is now you know what's in the director's head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is like the basic pre-production process. There's obviously so much more you need to put into it before you actually start rolling on your mm -hmm. film. You need to make sure you've got the actors in. If you need more than one actor, you need. Yeah, well, uh, act, again, people. with the talent, you can also call it the talent, don't we? It's the talent, getting the talent in. You've got talent and you've got background as well. But if you, you don't have to have a huge cast. No. Yeah, because you might want to just say, well, okay, I'm going to rein it in and just my, my story is going to revolve just around two people. Yeah, yeah especially on a micro budget. Yeah. The less people you have to, to organise, the easier it is going to be for you. Yeah, yes. which also helps in this one factor that's probably jumping in there early on this one but that's continuity the continuity is mm. it's a key factor i find in when you're making a micro budget movie because if you're doing a micro budget movie most of the time you do not have the time to take a block of time yeah so if you're unless you're going to shoot a movie literally over a week one weekend two days if this movie you've planned out is going to take you in total 10 days worth of filming you'll find that a lot of people that make micro-budget movies haven't got 10 days in one block. They can't ask their friends and those people involved in it to do, can you all take 10 days yes, off work? especially if you're relying on their goodwill. Ex exactly, exactly. And, you know, so therefore you're working around people's work hmm. schedules and normal life. So when you're doing a micro-budget movie, you've got to film that in these little spare segments Moments. of time when people are available and continuity can go out the window because, again, a film can be filmed, but it could take several months, if if not, you know, more than a year to get it filmed in completion. So you, mm. and that's and people can change. Mm. Somebody who has a beard doesn't have a beard. <laughs> things things can happen. Yeah, so you've got to you've got to keep an eye on when you're doing that storyline. Your time 
line as how long it's going to take you to film this and make sure that you can keep control of the continuity. Yeah. So, for instance, a good thing with that would be if you're going to record a scene, record the one scene on one weekend, and when you come back to it a few weeks down the line, record another scene. So don't go back to previous scenes that you've already pre-recorded and say it's a month or so later and somebody's not got a beard, you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble Yeah, because you can't if always, they haven't got that. You can't always ask it, can you please keep your hair and everything exactly as... Especially if you're relying on that goodwill. Yeah. And this, this is, we should say this is all dependent on the scale of your short film because a lot yeah. of the time we won't... You, if you're starting out especially, you probably won't have crowds of people mm. necessarily unless you're very lucky to have those yeah. people who can I do mean, that. I, I mean, I've, <clears> recently, I've seen short films uh, made by... by people who because they've got so many people in them you keep getting people regurgitated in, in it and you say hang yeah. on that person died a minute ago and now they're, they're back in the movie again. especially when it's, and it's too yeah. obvious if you see what I mean if it's their idea of um, less is more or more for more's sake yeah does yeah. that does that kind yeah, of translate I, just just because you can do more just because we've got more to kind of supplement the lesser parts I, I, again I think you've got to focus on the content of what you're trying to get over, you know, the actual story mm. itself. Because that's, that's really important. Because again, with that micro budget, you may need to say invest a certain amount in props for depending on what the genre of your movie is or what it is you're doing. You might think it's a great idea to spend on all your budget on props and neglect the quality of, of your script of the script. Just would, because you I, think great props is gonna <coughs> gonna hold it, you know mm. what I mean. I would also argue do the bits that you can do well. Yes, especially when you're starting out. Because, Work to your strengths. Yes, especially when we're, when starting out, because they, those are the things. If you're skilled at doing, like if you're good at composing music, then perhaps make your short film around music, edit it around the music. If you're a good sort of director in terms of directing actors, definitely make something that's got more dialogue, more mm. sort of moments of. Acting. <laughs> but equally, it's been able to know when to step back. For example, if you've got somebody who is a good camera operator, mm-hmm. knows what they're doing, utilise them, opposed to saying... Don't well, set them to the sidelines. I, I, I'm going to do this all myself. Mm-hmm. And if you've got somebody who's happy to help you, then delegate that job over to them. Use, you know, use people's skills. Use people's skills. To, so. your, to your potential, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say use... As in, I mean, you know, I don't want it to sound like you're using people. You well, know, if you're working on a project, then together, it's probably best. Everybody's to... happy to work on that project. Then, make, uh, then, then, uh, makes your job easier as well if you're your going job. to delegate. Because if you're going to try and be director, cameraman, uh, uh, set designer, if you're going to put... Props master. Uh, props master. You're trying to get everything there. Uh, uh, continuity, making sure that somebody's collar is not sticking up and things like that. You need to delegate to other people hmm. and not be worried about that I'll give people the opportunity to rise to their you know uh, show their strength in what they do you know um, because you'd be surprised you can get a much better product at the end of the day mm. you know much better if, if you look at who you've got in your team and what they can do yeah yeah rather than just being saying okay well I've got to, I've got to keep control of everything for fear of letting it go yeah you know? it can be difficult when you're starting out especially if you've got an idea and you're very passionate about the idea, nine times out of ten, I would say, when you actually watch your final film back, it probably is very different to your original vision unless you've, you've really stuck to it. Because mm-hmm. um, things can crop up and change 
through the whole process. It can start out as something completely different to what it ends up as when you uh, release it. So I'd say, yes, I agree. But also, if you're happy to be a bit bossier and say, <laughs> this is what I want to do, then yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but do be open to criticism if you're showing yeah, like a rough cut yeah. to a person well, who's never seen it before. Only way you're going to learn, yeah. Allow them to suggest things, make comments on it, because if they don't necessarily understand the character's journey or something, mm. and you think that was presented, then you kind of got to say, okay, this is somebody who hasn't seen this before, mm. and I know in depth what's happening here kind of got to think about your audience to make them understand what you're thinking i can see where you're coming from yeah <laughs> i mean but there's other, well, there's other basic things on set for example you know two people having a conversation and i've seen this happen before when i've, or I've been or filming where somebody is you know the 180 rule do you want to disc- tell tell the listeners what the 180 rule is it's it, basically you don't break so in terms of a dialogue scene you want basically you want the camera to stay at 180 yeah. Well, on 180 degrees of the yeah, side, side. on one side of the table. You've actors. got two characters at the table. The camera stays on one side of the table, focuses on one character, then focuses on the other character. It's, it's, it's it wide, but yeah. you know, but you don't suddenly jump to the opposite side of the table and back again. But, it can it can be used sometimes if it's it, but, it's not but, necessarily a hard rule, but, but it's it depends on the scene. But yeah. people what you jump shooting. around, and then I've had people where one person in the conversation is suddenly in front of a window, and the light is just blasting them out you know they're getting completely oversaturated because of the light and things and you sort of stand there going you really want to just <laughs> move people over a little bit yeah um so you know do do t- listen to those people around you because it can end up being a better mm. finish to, to to what you're trying to produce if people have got that initial knowledge don't be scared that they're stepping on your toes yeah, they're op- offering you suggestions, and it can be difficult. You can improve something. It can be difficult as well if you are taking on everything. You can miss those details, and mm. you can rush things. And... Oh, oh, good. Do not rush. Yeah. Well, Don't. Well, do <laughs> the reason we're doing this podcast is because we shot one of my short films yesterday, and at the end of this episode, I would like to talk about that and just yeah, talk about some of the things we got wrong, some of the things we did right, um, just to put this whole podcast into context a little bit and apply it to something that's actually... But again, I'd say don't recent. rush. Don't go in there and say, right, today we must get loads of stuff done. Yeah, we don't have to film this entire film in, in one, one day. day. Mm. Uh, make sure that you can have it in a, a chunk that you can... It gives you some time, a buffer, that if you need to retake scenes and retake scenes, that you've got some time allowance to do that. Don't don't just go in there and then you're running out of time or because you're using that. Because if you're rushing, that quality of what you're producing is going to go down. And you're going to be thinking, I, that's oh, the sacrifice. You're, you're going to look at it and say, "Damn it, we've, we've only we've only done two scenes and I've got eight scenes I wanted to this, do today." This is you know. this is where the balance comes in because I agree, but also if you are fighting against time and you don't have someone for a week yeah. and you can't plan out those shots for five days straight and go, "We're going to do this scene today," we'll do this scene on Thursday. If you do have a strict time mm-hmm. budget, mm. then in some cases you do have to take liberties, and I think that's when the balance comes in. I think you, you yeah, because you, you don't we, want to sacrifice quality. But we've, we've spoken about yeah. continuity, and you were saying that you don't always have this block, no. and now we're saying that we don't want to rush it. So that's what I mean: finding the budget, uh, finding the balance, balance yeah. of time mm-hmm. is also when, especially when you're starting out, because you are a one-man team to a certain extent right at the beginning until you crew up and find people that are willing to help you a lot of time you do have to just 
not rush it, but you can. Yeah, but I, maybe, maybe it's difficult because there it's is... difficult. But it's like, for example, if you've got a script and you've got two actors having a dialogue scene. For me, as a director, I want my uh, talent to have read the script, understand the motivation of that conversation, to have practiced and remembered their lines, and then when I come to film that scene, they deliver those lines, and we might tinker it about a bit, change it, but you're not do you're not ad-libbing that scene you're not mm -hmm. going in and say right okay what i'd like is can you say something like this yeah can you say something like that because you're never yeah. going to get and the same the thing twice don't know what they're going to say they don't know how they're going to deliver it and then we say wait can you say that again and they go well what did i just say yeah because if, if a so, scene is prevent presented so, on the same like so, on the day so when i say don't it's rush be it weird don't just go in there and say, oh, look, you, you do this and you do that. And, oh, yeah, that's great. And that's fine. Make sure that you've planned it out. Mm, and follow that plan. Take your time to plan it out and stick to that so that you get the best of what you're going to get at that mm. moment. And that's if you have the time. Of course. Of course. Of course. It's Again, as you said, it's about that balance. Mm. Yeah, you have to, I, I agree with what you say, Jack. You've got your financial it's a, budget. It is a lot to take on. It is a lot to take on. You're not going to get it right I'm just, straight away. I'm speaking, in this podcast, I'm speaking to that person that's sitting there thinking, I want to make a short film. What do I do? Is this going to be a difficult process? Yes, it is. And I'm just trying to sort of break it down to say, do what you think is okay. And if you want to rush something, you can, but also make sure you learn from it if... That's something that's... I mean, have we mentioned what can, is considered to be a short film length? I My general rule was anything below 45 minutes was a short. Anything above was a feature length. But I think yeah. it's kind of dependable. So it can sort of be 40 minutes. Yeah, 45. I think 40, 45 minutes, that includes credits, is usually what the standard requirement for a short film. Yeah, especially would, at film festival. I would yeah. say as well, if you are starting out, probably don't... If, unless you have like a crack in script, I wouldn't say aim for 45 minutes. I would say keep it... Short and short, sweet, yeah. All killer, no filler. Uh, so we've covered pre-production. I think we've probably covered production. A lot of, uh, I mean, we've probably missed so much stuff because production is a, a beast in itself. I mean, we could talk about this. <laughs> it's, for a, hours. it's a many-layered onion. Yeah, and it's all dependent because the thing I love about film is you have a camera and you can, within reason, do anything you want with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that just opens up so many possibilities so so much can go right and then okay, alternatively talk, so much can go wrong let's momentarily talk about camera if you're going to film something i'd say if whatever camera equipment you've got mm. from the moment you start filming you stick with that equipment yeah don't change don't like change halfway through yes or use two different or three different cameras I mean, a lot of the time you probably will, if you're starting out, you probably will have one camera. Yeah, you'd have one camera. But again, uh, I've been on sets where people have kindly donated their time and, and camera uh, usage. But then you go and look at the end of the day, you look at the footage, and suddenly you're seeing a, There's a, quality a glaring difference between yeah. the, the footage. And that could be quite jarring from the audience's perspective. perspective. It yeah. suddenly changes from a really good quality. Very uh, crispy. Crispy to, to unfocused. Unfocused. Really overexposed. You know. I, I agree. So um, whatever equipment you've got, stick, you know, to stick to it. I agree. If you have the equipment, use it. Um, but make sure you're keeping it consistent. Because yeah. if you're using two cameras in one scene, and as you say, if one of them's cheaper or, you know. I would less... by all means use as many cameras as you like, as long as the footage the quality, quality is going to look the quality, if the you're not going to see a jump in the film quality yeah. and a lot of the time that probably be you could probably get away with that in terms of like if it was if you used a, a lower quality camera for one scene 
and then towards the end of the film if you cut to a slightly higher quality mm. camera mm. you kind of get away with that but I would say but if it's in the same scene you're suddenly same jumping scene, from different angles to different qualities if we talk about this 180 rule again if you've got a character talking to another camera don't use a low quality camera for one yes. speaker so and that's another pretty one much what, yeah. that sums up what I was trying to get at on that one but also when you're talking the camera we've got to talk audio and audio is that's the cheapest thing going in the audio but it is mm. your best friend Best, yeah. The best audio you Appreciate can, it. If you try and get the best audio you can, because that pays dividends. There's nothing worse than having poor quality audio. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know. So. Because that can definitely detract from the scene. Mm-hmm. We can make the scene. Yeah, that, it's why it's so important. Do not neglect the audio. I would say I'm quite lucky that I know various people that are quite musically talented who can mix uh, audio for films. But I would say if you're starting out, maybe look on YouTube for like royalty-free music if you can, because I'd say music is one of the hardest things to get right in yeah. film. Well, for those that are, because it is a whole new beast. <laughs> for those that are listening to this and think, okay, we've got into suddenly jump to post-production, and we need to put a score on this, and we need to use both incidental, um, like foley sounds or uh, mood music as you know, whatever we're doing through it. Yeah, there are. If, again, you mentioned about royalty-free. There are sites that you can go on to, and for a very small fee, monthly fee, it's usually, it's not like you're locked into it for a year or anything, but you can access huge libraries of copyright-free mm. music. And, uh, and, and You've just effects. got to then find it. So then you've got, then you've got to dig through and see what it is you're looking for that suits what you filmed. But yeah, if, if you're worried... There are If you are thinking about how can I deal with the score... That is achievable at not a huge cost mm. if you haven't got anybody that can give mm. their talents to doing a whole fresh new score for you. And in the ideal world. <laughs> in the ideal world. But even then, if you're asking somebody to do the score, even for a short movie, that's a lot of work you're asking them to do. Mm. Yeah. You know, so. And probably not for a lot of money either. Because exactly. It's, and and then, of course, a micro budget. if you're going to say... Well, Dave, I actually I really like that, but it's not quite capturing what I like. Can you mm. go back and do it again? I and think Dave you'll just, find Dave's Dave just spent says no. two weekends doing yeah. that particular track and things. Because yeah, then that, we're going yeah. back again to the production side of things and utilizing people's skills and trusting that they probably know music better than you do, or in some yeah, cases. Yeah, so yeah, I, I agree. If they can knock it out because it's second nature to them, yeah. then that's fine. But I would have thought they'd bounce it. Appreciate them. That's yeah. the best thing Appreciate you can do. Appreciate your team. But yeah, crew. Yeah, Let's call it crew because that'd be more appropriate. So, okay, we're firmly into post-production now. Um, editing, I, I love editing footage and tinkering with footage and color correcting and things. You don't necessarily need to go into that in depth if you're just starting out because color correction and editing can be quite a daunting yeah. process. Um, but I would say keep your edit in mind when you're filming because you'll find that when you begin post-production, you want to you want to have all the footage that you've planned in place because there's nothing worse than starting your edit and realizing that you've missed certain shots or you yeah. need other shots and you can't go back and get them or you haven't turned the microphone on or whatever. You you need to make sure that you're thinking about your edit. Yeah, well, when that's you're why filming. In, my, in my mind when I'm filming, I always want to get more footage yeah, than yeah. I think I'm going to need. Yeah, get and more then, than you think and, if, and then more. Exactly. And if, you, if somebody says, oh, well, have you thought about maybe doing this? You think, okay, I hadn't thought about doing that. But if you've got the opportunity, you've got your time budget allows, then film something else because you never know. You might, you might it go might, back and it look might be at like, it and go, yes, that, that was, was amazing. Good, that was mm. a really good suggestion. Thank though. you very much. 
So talking about post-production, are there any particular software packages you would recommend for uh, making a micro movie? Because uh, the reason I mentioned this is because I know Zach, you're very uh, afraid with using Avid, which Avid is, Media Composer, which but is industry standard. The thing about that is, it's expensive. It's a beast. Yeah. It's a beast, and the learning curve is a difficult one. Yeah. Mm. Whereas you do. Um, I'm more prone to Premiere Pro Premier just because Pro. it's the layout's a bit simpler. Yep. But. And that's, but that also has a monthly fee on it, doesn't it? Yeah, I do pay for. Do that, you have yeah. to buy that as a package upright and then do it as a monthly fee? Fee or these days is it just literally you subscribe and then download the software on a subscription? It's, it's, you have to fork out. I don't know, five hundred pounds first for the package, and then go on a monthly no, subscription. No, no, not at all. It's, okay. the, it's the Adobe Creative Cloud, so it's like Photoshop, Premiere okay. Pro, After Effects, all of so these things. So, what kind of thing? What kind of cost would that be for somebody who's just listening to us and thinking, "Well, how much is this going to cost me?" Premiere Pro, you're probably looking at about fifteen pound a month, which isn't too bad. So, I use it a lot, so it's mm. something I'm not. Yeah, especially if you're going to utilize. What's yeah. the learning curve on on that? Is it easy for somebody maybe who's not really that used to using? A lot of my editing is sort of self-taught. We did the my first kind of experience with Premiere Pro was at college, so we did sort of do little projects and experiment with Premiere Pro. And I think I would say start with if you can find a free software, yeah, something like iMovie. Well, iMovie would be what I was going to say is. One of the, like, the basic. Even that you can get on your phone and things. Um, the classic is obviously Movie Maker. I'm not even sure if that's still around anymore. <laughs> I mean, there are um, other ones. I think Sony do packages. Oh, Sony Vegas. Sony do you remember Vegas? that? Yeah, Sony, Sony Vegas. Vegas yeah, for a period of time, um, we used Sony Vegas. That was actually really intuitive. Not too difficult to get your head behind. But then you, as you progress with these types of software, you suddenly hit a block where you realise it can't go. Go, yeah. Um, you've got other software like DaVinci which is pretty yeah I've heard of DaVinci so there's oh and uh, going back to Avid they do a cut down version don't they a free version oh yeah there is a yeah oh, oh, I can't color. remember the name but there's Avid and so you can look that that's a free version it's yeah but you're only version. limited on I think it's certain types of uh, export yes, formats so look into that but yeah. and the amount of projects you can have at any one time mm. I would say if you're basically starting out I'd say start Start with something free. There's so many. Yeah. If you if you've had no experience at all, then go free. There's so many different uh, softwares out there you can get for free nowadays. There's just there's not as there's there's more now than when I started out. I've realised that you can just Google editing software. There's probably things like in browser as well, like in on the internet that you can use. You don't even need to download anything. I know this is going to sound a bit odd, but I have spoken to people before that think. That if you spend half a grand on software, you don't have to and use you it. put your film footage yeah. in it, that somehow it magically, magically turns into not a movie. At all. Not at all. No. So don't, <laughs> if you listen to this, you there is a learning curve, and you can't you can't escape it. Yeah. It's only it's only really if you're like me. I enjoy color correcting and different forms of editing and editing different bits of footage. That's the only reason I'd say to invest in anything that you need to pay for. But it's the same with any equipment. If you treat your software like it's equipment, if you have expensive equipment and you don't know how to use it, then it's essentially mm -hmm. useless. You might as well just use your camera phone. So there is another aspect of the editing software as well, because you've obviously got your, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, if you want to mm -hmm. add anything to this, but you've got your film editing software. So this is where you take your footage and you cut your scenes together, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But if part of your movie story or movie process is that you need to put some special effects in there, some VFX, mm. your movie software doesn't always, that's a different thing altogether. Sometimes you need to use a different program for doing VFX. But then I, I would say 
So I, if you if you got to the point where you're editing and you need a big VFX shot, don't by that point you don't need it. Like if you've planned to have a big laser fight and you can't do lasers, don't put the laser fight in the film because you're never going to be able to make yeah. a laser fight. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're very lucky yeah. and you know someone that can do it. Exactly. But this this is what I'm trying to say is for the person that doesn't appreciate what's involved in this post-production and they just think, okay, I'm going to get some movie software and I'm going to be able to do all the things that are in my head. Hmm. That's not always the case. If you're going to do blue, you know, blue or green screen, not all software, will, you know, especially the freebies, will deal with things like that. Yeah. If you're just putting a kind of an effect in, if you, even if you're doing like a gun flare and things, you, know, you've, you've, you don't just assume that when you're getting some software that that is something that comes with it. So when it comes to choosing an editing software, obviously we said earlier that all this technical stuff can be quite jarring to new people. Mm -hmm. Would you say that by choosing an editing software, the way about going to do that would be to go by recommendation or reviews, ratings? I think what I do you think, reckon. I, I think, think the important thing is understanding what level you're at with editing. Yeah, it's got to be the. If you're lucky enough to have interface, a, you know. Yeah. If I go down and download, obviously we spoke about Avid. Even the free version, there's still a steep learning curve. Yeah, Avid Media Composer. Gen- yeah. Generally, the layouts will always be similar because that's just how people design editing software now. Because everything's mm-hmm. got to be kind of similar that you can jump in and yeah. almost start. It's all kind of semi-standard. It's all template like Movie Maker, like from when you're a kid. It's like it starts. It's the same thing, just more bits stuck on the side of it. So I think when it comes to choosing one, understand what level you're at in terms of editing, what you need to edit. If you're doing, as we say, like a big laser fight, maybe look at something, search it up, see if it can do green screen, if it can do like inbuilt visual effects, then go for it. But if you're just doing a very basic drama, or something. drama where it's just mostly dialogue between two characters... You don't need all that stuff no, on the side. So you can use something like iMovie where all you need to do is cut between a few yep. takes. So I'd say understand what level you're at in terms of editing and then go from there. What you need it for is a big one. But, but yeah, if you're going to pass the editing thing. job off to somebody else or more than one person even, but if you, if you just stick with one, one person, you've still got to find that you that person has got to walk the walk with you. That you are going to, you be, got to be on the to same page. Communicate with that person all the time. That person is putting hours of their time mm. into, especially if you don't know how to edit. Yeah, and yeah. It's, you can't wave a magic wand and make something suddenly uh, you happen. Know, and somebody says, oh, "Oh, that was really good what you've just done, but can you do this or can you do that?" And they've gone, "Oh man, I've, I've literally I've spent an hour, you know, my whole free weekend doing yeah. this." Yeah, you know, so you've got to be able to make sure that whoever's editing it, if it's not you that they are really 100% on board, happy to do that, and are going to work. Understand the commitment and that, time that they've put that in. They've yeah. put in. Um, because you know, sometimes people will edit something, completely finish this short little film, and we've had this from experience, and then, oh, can you, can you add this in? Or can you add that Yeah, in? and it's not as simple as... And it's not as simple as that. Yeah. Once you've, you've, you've got all the layers there, where you've got all the music over the top, and you can't just suddenly jump something <laughs> it's like baking a cake and then saying oh you missed out the currants yeah Can you stick some i missed the eggs you've got the whole cake baked and decorated and then they say oh I, this could do with more sugar mm. it's almost like yeah you can't do that you can put it on top but other than that it's like it's not going to look yeah, so, as, as you think it will <laughs> so in that post-production process if you aren't doing it yourself and you are engaging somebody else to do it please be sympathetic to the hours that they put in or make your 
make your vision very clear to them. Yeah. And before, if you let them off and say, do what yeah. you think looks good, yeah, and then it comes chances back, are it won't look how you think it will. And look. it doesn't come back the way you want it. Then, yeah. Then it's, you go, oh. Then so everyone's so. unhappy. Everyone's. Happy. And if you're lucky, you live. If you live somewhere close to your editor, if you're sending it off to someone else, maybe arrange to sit in with them if they're editing, so you can sort of direct them. Yeah, look over in their the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend that if if you can. Or alternatively, if you're if you're really set on a vision, edit it yourself if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've mentioned, you can get plenty of software out there that can. Do well, the I, basic I kind of think it's it's almost like if you're an author, if you've got a book in your head and and you say, I want to write this book, I want to put this story I've got in my mind down on paper. Ultimately, you're the one who needs to push those buttons and yes. type it out. Yeah. Unless you've got such a huge budget, you can. You if, if somebody's being paid, it doesn't matter. We That's get, what we're you, talking about. That's the difference. If you're paying yeah. a team and they're being paid for it, and you've got a budget to pay, you can say, "I don't like what has come out. Yeah. You've misunderstood my meaning. Can you go and redo it?" And they'll go, "Okay, fine. That's fine because you're paying me for." And that's this. their job. Yeah, that's my job. I'll do it. I don't care. You can have it whichever way but you if want. If you're relying on that, but if you're doing of, it and, yeah. and you're not paying anybody and it's all done by goodwill, hmm. that's when, perhaps, if you want to get that vision that you've got in your head maybe you need to be that author get on that software and yeah produce the final product yourself yeah so i think we've kind of glazed over a lot of the uh, obviously there's so much that can depend on uh, how your success of your short film yes ultimately i would say have fun as long as you're having fun making your film and it's something that you want to do you're enjoying the creative process yeah as long as you're, you're having fun it's not too stressful because obviously if you're not getting anything out of it then you don't want it to mm-hmm. take over your life if you, um, and if you're taking anybody along for the ride with you friends or whoever that, that are helping you out make sure they're having fun as well yes look after them and make sure that at the end of the day everybody leaves with a smile on their face and, and i think here we had fun that will carry over as well to when you finish the film and you can look back and say oh, i had a really good time making that yeah. or i had a good laugh making that and that was really good fun ultimately uh, on the other hand if you're if you've had a really stressful experience and you really, if everyone doesn't like your vision or you've treated everyone really poorly on set or... Well, yeah, I mean, again, you don't want to have people getting there, oh, Joe, I'm really hungry, oh, I really need a drink. I yeah, anything. that's when people complain. Because yeah. people... they'll look back on that film and say, oh, can't, I can't stand looking at this film because it just takes me back to that time where I was feeling really hungry <laughs> and thirsty. And... You're suddenly employing the yeah. <laughs> mindfulness and going, oh, I'm now re- re-experiencing bad emotions and anxiety from the past. <laughs> You know, so yeah, make it a f- make the whole process fun. Have fun and know your limits, and as we said, play to your strengths. Yeah, and I, I would suggest anybody listen to this because this is this is probably the first podcast on making a micro budget yeah. film. So, if you've got any um, questions that you want to ask us, we can answer we can in, a future in a future episode. Then that that feeds us, and we can. Yeah, I'd like to this. I'd like to finish talking about the film we did oh, yesterday yeah. because yeah, that's ultimately do. why we kind of came up with the idea to do this podcast today um i it wasn't a perfect shoot for me i think some of the things we've addressed in this episode i probably got wrong i probably rushed a little bit too much towards the end right um so i would again recommend making sure you've got everything planned out before um you start actually rolling you didn't show it jake (laughs) (laughs) um but this is difficult because we've got quite a lot of experience with it so we're kind of we're attuned to it. We're attuned to it, and we're kind of used to the waiting around between takes and things. Well, if there was anything about yesterday's shoot that was a factor for me, 
Mm. It was the fact that you were bound on a very limited time. Yes, and that, that yeah. wasn't so. That that was partly the time, the the amount of hours you had to to do what you wanted to do, mm. but also because of the time of the year. Yeah, you were losing light. Yeah, uh, towards the end of it. So that that was a, a very physical limitation. Yeah, I was very ambitious. I, I did aim to just get the whole thing done in a day, which probably uh, we've addressed is not a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, in that, we are going to probably go back and shoot some more yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll arrange time to... And I've promised I will not cut my beard. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're all generally quite experienced with it, so when I say to you guys, we're going to try and do this thing in a day, we kind of know in the back of our minds we're probably not going to get the whole thing done, but at least we know we're probably going to get the majority of it and we're all used to the process of filmmaking. Yeah, so we can plan effectively yes i would say if you're with like a brand new group of people or you've got actors in even if you're lucky enough to be paying actors to come in i definitely wouldn't say let's do it all in one day because if they're getting paid for it and they're waiting around all day it's probably not yeah they're probably going to appreciate very well on you more than one day's work yeah especially from the actor's perspective so i think that's not it's something i've learned from and we'll be able to plan out more in future but um i think that was one of the one of the negatives I took from yesterday was just because we just tried to do, well, I just tried to do too much in one day. He didn't really notice. No, he kept a cool head. <laughs> he kept it very cool, you know. Yeah, because it was just the three of us, and we did have to basically do yeah. everything. Yeah. I, 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 but I knew, as I've said already, we were on a bit of a time yeah. constraint there, both time and light because of the time of the year. And also, I think you'll find the person listening who is wanting to make a short film you'll probably find that you're planning a lot of this in your free time after work before work in your breaks or whatever so it can be difficult to meticulously plan a short film when you're limited to a few hours a day so yeah i'd say if you have the time to uh, plan in great detail obviously it's probably going to reflect positively when you actually film because everyone will know exactly what they're doing in this case i probably I, i planned enough to get what we could on the day mm-hmm. but if i was if i had five days a week to meticulously plan it, spend six hours a day doing it then yeah. the day would have run a lot smoother i suppose you've got to put into consideration what the end result you actually want from it mm. do you want to say submit this to a festival so you want this to look the yeah, best yeah, thing so since what, what is bread? your aim yeah yeah is it self-pleasure as in you just want to watch it for your own benefit mm. Is it because it's uh, maybe something for family and friends? Is it for a specific audience? audience? Yeah, I think my my goal with filming, as long as I'm happy with it, is something. If I've got something in my mind that I want to translate, translate. That. To I'm going to ask you the question then, Jack. With the movie you're doing at the moment that we were filming on yesterday, is that going in Jack's archive? I mean, is that you know, is that something to please you ultimately that you've made, you've had this idea? You've managed to then create the idea, mm. create the film. You sit there and watch it and go, yeah, okay, I'm happy with what I've produced. But is it for a personal... Well, what, is, what's, your, what's, your, what's your end goal? This is slightly different because it leans into more practice. I'm a bit okay. rusty when it comes to directing and I've recently got some new equipment. So mm. a lot of what we did yesterday was basically just... A bit of a learning A bit experience. of experimenting, kind of shaking off the rust and like getting back into the groove of how my camera works mm-hmm. how i work as a director so it's a bit different if i was to make something like we did let me have a coffee <laughs> i did me, make it part of the yeah, film he let me sit, sit in the woods by myself for, <laughs> for half an hour having a coffee so there but you go. i would say if it's obviously if it's a proper project i would say you do need to have something 
like a plan at the end if you're going to put it into a festival. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to upload it onto YouTube for whatever reason, mm-hmm. if you're going to release it physically. I mean, you, it might be something, yeah, he wants to release it physically in order to sell it. Yeah. If you want to make money off of yeah, it. If you're making... There's lots of, uh, you know, horror, uh, you know, these, these, these uh, you know, was it uh, Horror by the Sea or whatever? What was that one over at... Yeah, it's Horror by the Sea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. and there's lots of... a festival. That's a festival. There's a lot of, And you've got the filmmakers and they sell their films at the festivals. Now, the thing with film festivals is they do sometimes come with strict parameters to allow you to submit it to this festival. Sometimes yeah. it's, you've got to submit this film unreleased, so it hasn't been widely distributed for like anyway. a, year, a year, two years prior. So you, this is planning way in advance. And other things, it can be how long it is, what it's about, who it's aimed at. All these different factors you have got to take into consideration when submitting to a festival. Yeah, I I, I agree. And if if your film unfortunately doesn't fit into those categories, I wouldn't I wouldn't alter your film just to get it into a festival. Yeah. Necessarily, I would stick with your vision. And Unless what you think. it is the fact that you are aiming specifically to submit it to yeah. a festival. If, if you need to trim a couple of minutes off to get it into a festival and it doesn't change the narrative or anything, I would say do it. But yeah, yeah, do it. If you're a, setting in your out, mind, do it as the theatrical cut, and then have your director's cut. <laughs> yeah. If if you're if you've seen a festival and you go, wow, they want a thirty minute short film. If you're doing that as a project and it's specifically for that festival, then great. Then great. But if you've genuinely got an idea that you want to make and that you're enthusiastic about, don't limit yourself to that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try sacrifice. And, try and mold it to the festival. Yeah, don't sacrifice your vision. Yeah, to try and conform to that. Fi- find, yeah. find the festivals that will take it, but don't make it because they're all over the place. They're like yeah. globally accessible. And again, going back to what we said at the start with the internet, it's you can just submit these things and send them off. To different countries to get viewed and yeah. all sorts now. So, so I'm going to ask you guys, and I've pre-planned this, but I just thought, have we each got a tip? What would your What would be your tip? Can we say really simple, really basic? But what would you give our budding filmmakers? Appreciate your crew. Okay, that's your tip. That's a good one. It's nice to be appreciated. Yeah, appreciate. Everyone and everything, especially low-budget films or micro-budget films, appreciate what you have, what you're doing, and everyone around you. Yeah, the time they've given up. Yeah, definitely. Mm. My tip would be know your limits. Know know exactly what your limits are. If, If it's a physical thing, like if you don't have the equipment, maybe don't try and do elaborate shots or or anything because chances are you won't have the equipment to do it if you don't have someone that can do music for you just just know what you're capable of and if you're very good at cinematography or if you're very good at editing do those things very well and then the rest will hopefully fall into Mm -hmm. place and through that process you will be learning those things as well so ultimately just be open to learning new skills and uh, just know know what you're capable of and do it well i would say my tip for a novice filmmaker, watch your shadows. Oh, There's nothing worse well, okay. than seeing a, a, a mic that's, that's on a boom that's suddenly making a shadow somewhere, and you don't notice it. I can completely take you camera. out of the story. Well, I noticed one earlier with, my, with the footage we got yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and that can just kill something. So yeah. if there's a shadow in the wrong place or you've got somebody... You, it's very difficult sometimes because you've got that little... 
Yeah, unless, unless, fine, unless yeah. you've got um, a separate, uh, say, Ninja Blade monitor or something like that that's got a slightly bigger screen, is easy to miss. Mm. So shadows, mm. you know, somebody could be standing to the side and you don't even realise that that individual is casting a shadow into the scene and yeah. it's moving around. So watch the shadows, guys. That's my tip. That is a very good tip. Unless the shadows are intentional. Yeah, unless they're intentional. <laughs> you know, or if there's an unintentional one with clawy hands that suddenly appears in the background. Ah. And you go, What's that doing? Well, I noticed one earlier with quite a key shot that we did. I know it was my shadow, which was annoying. Um, but again, going back to what we were saying, that was towards the end of the day where I feel mm. like I was just trying to get as much done as I could. Yeah. Whereas if we did those shots at the start of the day or we sort of budgeted, or if I budgeted my time a bit better, well, we can perhaps have got those shots done earlier yeah, and been I a mean, bit more alert to those sort of things. I, but again, time of the year, because we've got short... I mean, mm. those days are getting longer, but the sun's going down towards the end of that shot. Yeah. I know you, you'd already been to the location and already had your ideas of the different areas in the location you want to do different scenes at. Mm. But then when you went to one of them, I did. you went, oh, the sun is yeah. right in the wrong place yeah. for what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, it still looked great when you showed me some footage, if that's the mm. one we're talking about. But yeah, so th that's the other thing. You know, you go in there and you can have a cloudy day and you can say, oh, this is really good. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is going to look great. And then you turn up to do the shoot and it's bright sunlight. And sunlight well, maybe that's one everywhere. of the most important things. It's the fact that you've got that plan the plan can change when you get to filming it, yeah. but the fact that you have that plan to start off with is key to make everything yeah. run as smoothly as it can. Yes. Mm. And if everybody knows that plan. Yeah. Communication. Yeah, yeah. yeah communication is important to make sure everyone's kind of on the same page as best you can. It's difficult to, when you've got something in your mind and you can't quite articulate it on paper or mm. like we were saying in pre-production, it can be quite difficult to get the actors or the cinematographers to tune into that vision yeah. and say this is what I want. But that might be a good reason to have a pre-shoot meeting. Yeah, previous, yeah. And, and to sort of yeah. get people to don't leave it to the day mm. and then say, right guys, today we're doing this. Yeah. Everybody that turns up should already have Yeah, you're, you're, you're five pages ahead of everyone else you know, yeah. and they've got to catch up to you. you know, I've seen pe uh, people where people have posted and said what, what are we actually filming yeah, well, yeah, I, what I are think, we filming? And it's better to, to like you know what you're going into doing. I, I think with our shoot yesterday, I, pr I probably did the minimum I could have done to keep you guys. Well, you I, say, I gave you, you the shot that. list. It, it, and yeah, things. we'd already read through the shot list. But I was still um, on the day. We still took a bit of time for me to. Oh, you're being hard on yourself. But no, this is why <laughs> this is learning. This is what we're doing. Well, really. yeah, but I know you had you've got you got some new camera equipment, hmm. and so. You know, I'm no fool. I know that you're there again, right? I've got to make sure that this is working, that it is doing what I'm asking it that's to do. That's focus. Yeah. That's this is in yeah. shot. Yeah. yeah. So is... you, you, in your head, you're having to not only get the scene that you mm. want, but you're also dealing with all the tech side of it, which yeah. on that particular equipment is relatively new to you. Yeah. So I will. Oh, well, yeah. You might have used it back in your studio, um, but that was its. I, I assume that was its first. First time I've used it. Yeah, exactly. Properly, so, yeah. So first it's all right for me and Zach to be standing around and just taking instructions, but you had that in your head as well. Mm. We didn't have to think about that. No. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. It's. It's again just finding that balance and just doing doing as as much as you can to make sure everyone's on the same page. Oh, I've got one final tip I just thought of. Make sure you don't forget to put a memory card in your things. 
You've got clear your memory card. Yeah. You, you need a, an equipment checklist. Yeah. <laughs> equipment checklist. Yeah, it's checklist been there good, where yeah. spent all morning doing filming and to find that the, uh, the I mean, card was corrupted. We had one, a minor one, a uh, couple of weeks ago where we went to do a location scout and I wanted yeah. to get some test footage. Just in my haste and I was rushing in the morning, completely forgot the tripod shoe. Yeah. And a lot oh, the, yeah, easily done. I've done that. Uh, and a lot of the shots I wanted to do were stationary on a tripod, but then I was stuck with a shoulder mount. So a lot of my test footage wasn't quite how I wanted it to mm-hmm. be. So, again, like, as you said, equipment list is a good one yeah, to, equipment to list. put in there. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up with other tips as we, we come There's back so to much the subject stuff, again. Yeah. But again, it's like when you're first starting, you'll, you'll get all of this stuff wrong first. Uh, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad you thing. You can learn from it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's, it's a vital part of it is to say, okay, I got it wrong. Now I know that I got it wrong, I can get it right, and I can gradually improve. And I think it's it, no bad thing to get things wrong, because if you can go out there and everything's perfect from day one, you're not necessarily going to learn from that, mm. if you see what I mean. And I think the best thing to do, if, you're, if you've built up a catalogue of short films, look back on your old short films and look at the things you got wrong. Because you, you'll look back, and at the time you'll be like, this is a masterpiece, this is like the greatest film ever. Mm-hmm. You'll look back and think, this is a load of rubbish. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you've learned, some because you've learned so it? much yeah. from that point, three or four films down the line, you'll be looking back and thinking, I got that. Yeah, well, totally I, 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 I do that with writing. I, 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 write, I love short stories. I've done for years, and I've, over the years I've written lots of short stories. And then I go back and I read them, and I'm continuing going, oh, well, I don't like that. I want to mm. change that. You've got to get to that point, you go, well, actually, no, leave that alone. Well, that was a thing that they said at university. A project is never fully completed, it's only abandoned. Mm. So it was the idea that you could never truly be 100% happy with something. You can just choose not to keep tweaking it. Because if you keep tweaking it it for months and months and months and months and months, is it ever really going to get released? Well, that's something interesting I learned. Bringing it back to Stanley Kubrick again. Bring it, get your bingo. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. Um, I heard something in a documentary about Stanley Kubrick that when he was doing Eyes Wide Shut, which was in the 90s, he was still editing The Shining. He still had a cut of The Shining that he was editing and playing with, even wow. 10, 15 years after it had come out. But you, you hear that with a lot of directors. A lot of directors look back, and that's why we get director's cuts of movies, where they managed mm. to get that extra footage that had to be cut from the theatrical wizards time constraints etc or the studio saying no we want to make it a bit more commercial so we're going to cut that out and nowadays because of the facility of having the ability to do release directors of cuts that's what we get and you'll always get people that look back and that's what i could do at the time because of the budget constraints that's all i could do but if mm. i was doing that now i'd do that different i mean the, it's going to happen the big one who is... doesn't matter who you are whether you're doing a blockbuster movie or you're doing a micro budget movie yeah the big one is george lucas going back on his at the time, we would probably argue better cuts of Star Wars. Mm. And at the time, he couldn't do, obviously, the CGI creatures and things. Mm-hmm. So 20 years later, he goes back and adds the CGI creatures in. So, as you say... And yet, got, they look so out of place. Yeah, they do. But <laughs> Especially in the original trilogy, yeah. That's his what he set out to do, and he's felt the need to go back to one of his old projects that yeah. everyone else thinks is perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's still not happy with it. Well, so. again, it's like special effects um, for, for the sake of special effects isn't always the the best road to go down. Um, John Milius, who produced Arnold Schwarzenegger's Conan the Barbarian, at that time there were an awful lot of sword and sandal type fantasy movies out, and they had people running around in rubber orc masks, and they were putting really poor 
that limited obviously at that time VFX in it um, and he said John Milley said I am not going to put these people in orc masks because they look crap mm. and I'm not I'm going to minimize all the yeah VFX because they're not going to do what I really would like them to do mm. because the technology isn't are there. they going to complement the film if the answer is no so, why is it there so we literally if you ever watch Conan the Barbarian with Schwarzenegger in it very limited on VFX and uh, a bit of animatronics in there, but that's it. Well, I think that's because going they wanted to make it as realistic as possible yeah. with the limitations that they had at the well, time. I think that's going back to my tip of know your limits. Know your limits. If you're setting out, if you've got a brilliant script or which has got intergalactic battles and spaceships and things, if you can't build those spaceships, hmm. then well, again, you know, I saw a, 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 again a, a micro-budget movie which. It intrigued me. I bought it. I'm not going to mention what it was, but I bought it. <laughs> and that had big battle sequences in it. But oh, the, yeah. The, the I know the one you're talking about. The director obviously couldn't afford to have hordes of people charging over, over the hillside to fight with each other. So he'd gone out and literally been in the public area of reenactment events, filming reenactors fighting, mm. and then tried to put different filters. We can, we can only hope with consent. <laughs> maybe, mm. maybe not. But the thing was, that's how he got his battle sequences. By, I didn't say, like, hang on a minute, we're in the War of the Roses, and now, <laughs> now we're in we're Vikings are fighting Anglo-Saxons. And it was like, yeah, I think... You maybe it was an artistic choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think another example of, I think, what you're talking about is if there was a scene at a cliffside. Yeah. There were, in that movie, there yeah. was scenes like with a cliffy-like background. Yeah. How hard is it really to go out to location to location and film? Oh, are you talking that bit where it was green screen? It yeah, on it, it right? was green screen cliffs, and it was like green screen for the sake of green screen. So you you may as well just go out, go out, get yeah. a really good shot of a cliffside. Yeah, it's your Lord of the Rings style. Mm. Mm. Look, make it look really epic. But yeah, I remember. And the, but they decided to get two people standing. Yeah, in front of again, green it's screen, a CG green screen for the, the sake, sake of it. it and yeah, it doesn't look good. So yeah, know your limitations. Know your limits. And uh, see what you can get the best out of from what what you've got. Mm. And the rest will come as well. Yeah, in in terms, come. I've learned so much about editing and even sound, music, anything like that. When you're making a short film, you are forced to take on multiple roles, like we said mm-hmm. early on in this episode. So you will pick up skills. You won't necessarily be good at all of them. No one could be perfect at every role in a film set. So I think something we're going to take away from this episode is utilise everyone's skills. Make sure you're appreciating people's skills because a lot of the time it will be in their own time. They won't be getting paid for it. Know your limits, as we said. Have a good plan. Have fun. Have fun. <laughs> like with anything, if it's not fun, you're not going to do it. And I like, I like what you said, Zach, about like take criticism don't take criticism badly. Take it as a positive. Yeah, it's not an insult. Yeah. Because a lot of time people won't see your vision and they'll look at it and go, what is he trying to tell here? Like This has completely missed the point. So I think utilise that, that criticism and if you can improve on it, if you want to ignore it, you can. That's fine. Yeah, it's like the end decision is up to you. Never see it as a negative thing. Yes. Yeah. What a good finishing point, I think. Yes. There's so much more we could yeah, talk yeah. about. Oh, yeah. We're going to come back and revisit We're definitely. And as I say, yeah. please, listeners, chuck some questions over. You know, pick our brains. More than happy to help out. Yes. So that brings us neatly to Word of the Week. Ooh, Word of the Week. Fudge nugget or something. The Word of the Week was... The Word of the Week was fudgel. 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 Yes. Come on. Theorise. Fudgel. Well, okay. A cudgel is a stick. Fudgel. I'm thinking it's got to be a... 
I don't know. Maybe it's a stick that you clean your drains with. A fudgel. Um, fudgel. <laughs> a fudgel is a food, okay. I think. A food. Go for food, okay. That's fudge based. <laughs> fudge based <laughs> food. It's a type of Willy Wonka bar called a fudgel. <laughs> a fudgel bar. A fudgel bar. <laughs> what is that off brand Tootsie right? <laughs> yeah. Willy Wonka bar? I like those Tootsie rolls. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe not a stick that you clean your drains with a fudgel. Maybe, maybe it's when you make a mistake. You fudge, fudgel something up. Yes, because you fudge, <laughs> fudge up. Maybe a fudgel is when, when something that you intended has gone completely wrong. So, fudgel is the act of giving the impression you are working when really you are doing nothing. Right. All, the last one we had was groking, wasn't it? Which is when you no, look at someone... You, no, you've missed one. Groking? Yeah. No, we oh, had, no, we did. Uh, what did we have? Uh, it was, was the last one. Expurge Factor. Expurge Factor. I never actually heard the... Oh, you didn't find out no. what Expurge Factor was? I guessed, but never heard it. Oh, uh, yeah, the fudgel is an action again, so it's uh, something fudgel. that's... We'll just have to go listen to that previous episode. <laughs> yeah, to a fudgel. So you're pretending to work. I'm pretending to work, but you're not really. It's a bit better like us doing a podcast, really. Isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, but at least we're having fun. Yay, hey. fun. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe to this channel and comment below any suggestions of topics or activities you'd like to listen to in future episodes. You can find the Now We Know Show podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcasts. Check out the Zach Wild Productions social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, or visit the Zach Wild Productions website at www.zachwildproductions.com. Please get in contact, we'd love to find out how you're listening to us. So get in touch in the comments and don't forget to check out Zach Wild Productions on Patreon to become an official ZWP patron today. That's a big, creative goodbye from Zach. A big, mind your shadows, goodbye from Buzz. <laughs> and it's a big action goodbye from Jack. Now we know, now we know, now we know, show! Now we know, now we know, now we know, show. It's a wrap.